the Queer Surf Club, yes, it is a community for, it is a community for LGBTQ people, but we say, and what's really important is allies. So if you don't identify as being gay or trans or queer, we need we need people to be allies to our causes and our community. We need straight people too, because generally straight people, you know, you will be in the room or in the conversations or at the table when we aren't there. And if you have an opportunity to educate other people or um, correct people's language when queer people are absent, we need those people like yourselves who are creating a space for us to come on your podcast. Hello and welcome to the UK Surf Show. We are your hosts. I'm Pete. And I'm Leighton. On this episode, we speak to Fraser from the Queer Surf Club. Yeah, uh, loads of information on this one. He started up this club and it's just exploded. He started it up in lockdown and it's just gone mental, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Really, really lovely guy doing only good things for the surf community. And um, yeah, really interesting uh, interview. Yeah. Before we get started, don't forget, head over to Northcore, use the code SSUK15, and that will give you 15% off anything you buy at the website. Yeah, go and check it out, and we will jump into the interview. Hi, my name is Fraser. I am um, the founder of the Queer Surf Club. The Queer Surf Club is a club, um, a surfing club for LGBTQ surfers across the globe. So it's a digital community um of queer folks that like to connect and meet up with each other and surf um we have an online community we have a map of resources for queer surfers um so that they can find places to surf and meet other friends um and soon when we can we'll be hosting events in person oh that sounds good so when when did you actually set up the club so the club started midway through lockdown last year so mid-June um, and it really just started off as an Instagram page first and foremost and then within the first few weeks it's just crazy when you create something and in your head you're like ah, oh, this is nothing and like nobody cares and then suddenly when people find it they're like I've been waiting for something like this or I can't wait to meet people like me and uh, it comes a bit of a cornerstone so over God, what has that been now seven months it's grown it's grown a lot and there's been lots of people involved in helping out on it, so it's awesome. Another lockdown idea. That's yeah, just like us. That is, it's a, it's a nice feeling when it when it starts taking off a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. So wait, this is a lockdown idea as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah we we started around the same time as you, actually. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we've had the same sort of messages as well, and people saying it's just nice to hear like two regular guys just chatting about surfing and to people to do with surfing that aren't pretending to be the best surfers in the world you know they're a similar level to us and it's just nice to hear so you know it's that same sort of thing and it's it's amazing when it happens and you're like oh my god i didn't realize anyone we didn't realize anyone would ever want to listen to us anyway yeah, i thought it'd just be us listening to it back <laughs> <laughs> um so i meet me and pete are probably in the majority really as in we are um male white english straight surfers so uh, we, we don't really have any kind of experience of having any kind of neg- negativity towards us in that kind of way so we're kind of interested to know how you how you realize that there'd be a need for a queer surf club how did that come about well twofold really i guess 
my first experience of when I first got into surfing. So I, I, I came from, my parents are both kite surfers and windsurfers and they surfed a bit when they were younger. And I've always been surrounded by surf culture growing up. Um, and I remember through like all the places we've been to and holiday destinations and surf locations, I didn't know any gay surfers. <laughs> and that was over like 25 years, let's say. But when I've, when I've personally got into surfing myself, I was on a trip to Morocco and uh, it was my first ever surfing holiday. And I was going with my boyfriend. And literally a day before we, we flew, we found out it was illegal to be gay in Morocco. And I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I've, I know gay people that have gone there since and there's not, there haven't any issues, but technically it is illegal. And the whole time I was out there, I was meant to be on this surfing holiday, you know, having a break from work, living the time of my life. But I had to pretend my boyfriend was my friend. I was so anxious about showing, just being myself versus enjoying my time in the water. So that experience really propels a catalyst of like, okay, how can I create a space or a community that never has to feel the way that I felt again like that? Um, And then secondly, off the back of that, I think growing up around surf culture and being involved in sports and all my life the one thing I realized about surfing is is even though the ocean doesn't care who you are the ocean has no regard for identity there is still within surfing a very territorial uh hierarchical patriarchal like dominance over the sport you know it's it's the strongest dudes that get all the waves you know and even there are so many barriers that exist into the into surfing in itself so like media equipment based by the ocean able-bodied like it's not it's not the most inclusive now and lots of obviously incredible surf clubs and movements um have propped up to help accelerate that movement but um just to look at surfing surf culture pro surfing like it's a very white straight dude centric sport yeah yeah it, as Leighton was saying it's it's something we've never had to deal with but that thing you've just said about Morocco, that's that's a proper shocker because that's like uh, the, as you're saying, the amount of anxiety that must cause you just to, be, you know, be going somewhere and then realise, oh shit, this is like, we could actually be in trouble here, you know? So have you, um, have you experienced um, some kind of negativity in the water in the UK then? Oh yeah, I mean, I've definitely, like, you definitely hear homophobic comments, even like just the use of like gay being thrown around or like, you know, don't be a pussy. Like when you try to get away, like just there, I think the thing about homophobia, especially in gay men, a lot of it is actually just rooted in misogyny. Like the way that we throw around, like don't be a pussy, you being a big girl, like it's all yeah. rooted in misogyny effectively. I um, think as well, that is something that people have to, people have to learn to change because from us, from looking at it from an outside point of view, the way we grew up, those sort of words were thrown around as normal, you know, as normal in the playground sort of words. You you weren't knowing what they meant properly, yeah. you know, you weren't saying them in a homophobic way, but they've just carried on being used as people have grown up. Yeah, I've definitely heard, like, you know, the word gay being used derogatory in the lineup. Like, you know, I back when I was a kid, I'm pretty sure I used it as well with no record. But now knowing the impact it has on people when you throw their 
their identity around in a derogatory way. Like it's it's not, it's not nice for anyone. No, no it's no, I think not. a thing where more people have to learn. They have to, you know, they have to re-educate themselves and learn that lang- language is constantly changing. And, you know, there's things that you can't say now that you could say 10, 20, 30 years ago, mm. and everyone has to evolve. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, surfing's got to do that in general, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it's it's not just um, it's not just like this topic, but it's with everything mm-hmm. with, um, with gender and with... Um, well, you know, kind of uh, your your background, where you're from. Everybody is from a different background, and everyone's from a different walk of life. Mm-hmm. But the the whole thing that you, everybody has in common is surfing, and that should be a unifying thing, shouldn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, and so clubs like yourself are, are out there to kind of facilitate that change, mm-hmm. isn't it? And also, I want to add, like first and foremost, it is for LGBTQ folks to meet each other because you know yeah so for example stonewall released a health report for the queer community in 2018 um and they reported you know 52 percent of the lgbtq people said that they experienced depression in that year and one in eight of those of those people aged between the ages of 18 and 24 attempted to take their own life almost half of trans people within 2018 thought about taking their own life in that in 2018 so you just have to look at the health crisis that my community faces on top of layered on top of that is also our opportunity to meet each other and network we we, our options are either (laughs) going generally going to a bar going out at night or meeting someone online through an app so Mm. a big part of it was like how can we create new places for lgbtq people to meet each other that's not centered around drug alcohol and being online um yeah and we all know as surfers the feeling that we get from surfing and ocean therapy like we want everyone to experience that so that's really a big propeller behind it yeah well i suppose the the queer surf club in in that kind of sense is is kind of tackling two issues in one isn't it you're you're um building a community where people can get to meet each other and also like you said the pros- uh, the mental healing um parts of the ocean mm. you know like the ability that, that that can give you to make you feel a lot better and, and happier and l- like you said it's like there's other charities around where it's actually uh, like prescribed to have like surfing is prescribed mm-hmm. like the wave project you know isn't that incredible so you're kind of doing two issues of one which is kind of amazing isn't it so uh, who who can join the uh, the queer surf club can can um can straight people join and also non-surfers join absolutely the queer surf club yes it is a community for it is a community for lgbtq people but we say and what's really important is allies so if you don't identify as being gay or trans or queer um we need we need people to be allies to our causes in our community we need straight people too because generally straight people you know you will be in the room or in the conversations or at the table when we aren't there and if you have an opportunity to educate other people or um, correct people's language when queer people are absent we need those people like yourselves who are creating a space for us to come on your podcast and talk about it we need allies to ensure that our mission and our community is kept safe and other people are educated about it. And also the Queer Surf Club is for other surfers from 
underrepresented or marginalized groups. Knowing the barriers that exist into surfing culture, we want to create a space um, that people of color, black people, um, people of varying abilities and disabilities feel like that they can uh, have a place to come to. Yeah, that's that's quite good. So that, that was going to be one of my next questions, which was, you know, what does it mean to be a member for the individual? What does the individual get out of being a member of the Queer Surf Club? And I think you explained it there. There's a community of, you know, bringing together and just having a platform for people to meet each other. It just sounds brilliant. Um, are there any um, famous queer surfers? Because I saw a video a while ago, um, and it was a girl on there, and I can't remember what video it was or what her name was, and she was saying, you know, if you were a female and you were a lesbian or you got pregnant, you'd get dropped from your sponsors. If you're a man who was gay, all your sponsors would just drop you straight away. I wonder if that's changed at all. Is there any queer famous surfers or you know out there i mean the the one that really um leather charge was um i can never say her name right kiala kiala kennelly um i should i should know that that's pretty bad of me <laughs> of all people <laughs> but i say sounds that. like a difficult it sounds like a difficult name don't worry <laughs> this is when everyone on the podcast slates me but she really led she led the charge being the first openly queer so actually, I don't think that isn't true, but she, was, she wasn't the first openly queer pro surfer, but she led the charge in the movement, um, particularly in big wave surfing. And what's interesting is all of the queer surfers, pro surfers that I know of, who are open or lesbian, I don't know of any gay or trans open professional surfers. Um, and again, I think it comes... And I can only talk from my own experience as a as a gay male. Like I think it comes from it, it's the same it's the same question as why do we not know any like pro openly gay footballers? Like yeah, why yeah. do we know more pro openly gay uh, female footballers, lesbian footballers? Mm, um, yeah. And I, I, again, it's just yeah, I, it's a strange one, isn't it? It's a, it's a difficult one to to answer, I suppose, as well, because until the world catches up with how things are now and how things have changed and how things should be, there's always going to be those barriers there where people feel, you know, they can't be themselves, which is a, it's not a nice thing really. Yeah. It's not, and it's not progressive for the sport. And, you know, like these, there are, this is the thing, there are gay pro surfers that exist and lots yeah. of gay professional surfers that exist, but it's just that the, the world isn't ready for them yet or they're, they're worried about the reaction from their fans and their sponsors and their organizations. Yeah. And really it shouldn't make any difference whatsoever. It's their ability in the water, isn't it? That makes them a pro, not yeah. their sexual orientation. So nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Nothing at all. Um, so, uh, apart from obviously surfing, what, what do, um, is there any other activities the queer surf club do? Do you guys, uh, meet up and, um, obviously not at the moment, unfortunately, <laughs> but, um, you know, do you, can you run every, any other yeah. activities? Yeah. Um, a, a big part of it really is the online community. So, um, we're about to launch our online platform, which is what we will use something called discord, which is basically, um an online I don't know if anyone knows it who's listening but it's a really interactive good uh instant messaging platform and we've already got about 100 people registered to to go on there um 
and that's a way for people to connect, to meet each other, to suggest surf spots if they want to hang out, they want to go for surf together. Um, we're also building out something called the Queer Surf Map, and it's a resource of LGBTQ-friendly or owned surfing-related businesses, brands, hotels, uh, beaches, locations, everything. A big part of that is I don't want, and this is, this is a, the reality for a lot of queer folks is you will Google a country before you go somewhere to know if you're safe or if you're legal. That's <laughs> um, I, I still do it when I travel now. Like I'm, I always, even like when I stay in a hotel, like, am I going to be safe with my partner here? Will we be able to share the same bed? And we don't want, we don't want other surfers to feel that way before they're meant to go on holiday surfing. No, I mean, this this is why me and Pete wanted to chat to you, really, because this kind of shines a light on what you have to go through day to day. Because like I said, me me and Pete are in the majority of the surfers and the majority of the surfers that are going to listen to this. So we wouldn't even thought, we wouldn't even think that that it would be an issue going anywhere. But like you said, you have to plan, you know, oh, can I I go to that surf spot and am I going to be okay in that hotel? So... You're having your club is going to create such a valuable service for the LGBT community. That's um, going to be such an awesome thing. And it'll obviously going well with the amount of people you've got signing up already. So well, in, in, with that in mind, what, what's the thing you're most proud of about the club? I think nearly hitting 2,000 followers on Instagram has been pretty crazy because there is an ex- – and I don't know if any – well, I'm hoping other – queer surfers are listening to this but i definitely experienced there's a very isolating experience when you're coming out like coming out is very different i think to a lot of experiences of other marginalized groups because coming out is usually a very internal process you don't you don't just wake up one day and look differently you it's like you you over time come to accept who you are and then you have to announce to the world who you are it's a really weird thing um and that whole process you makes you feel alone. So when I started it, I was like, oh, I'm going to get like 10 people follow. And now 2,000 people following is mad. And a big accelerator of that and something I'm really proud of is back in, I want to say October now, Surfer Magazine reached out to us. I'm like, we're doing a whole piece on LGBTQ surfers. We'd love to speak to you. Um, and so wow. I was interviewed by Todd, the editor-in-chief at the time. It was as part of their final ever um print and there's a whole like five page spread on different people in the community and it's so incredible from that to then connect with all those people um like benny's club in new york if you haven't heard of them check them out they're awesome Stephen miller the artist um all these people who are on the i guess the front line of our community trying to connect everyone and create these spaces globally so that's been amazing and being in a natural like surfing magazine that I used to read when I was a kid that that's quite incredible really that isn't is it? amazing that's so cool as well to have that you're gonna have to uh, frame that magazine oh yeah I've, already, I've got one ready I've got three I've got three copies in my house I got one ready to frame. <laughs> oh, that's amazing do you find do you find you're met then with more um more people that are open and accepting or more people that have negative things to say about having a queer surf club is is it yeah because we we we've been um trolled ourselves um on instagram when we did an instagram live so do do you get that through social media or 
you know, do you get anything that's kind of negative just from starting this club? <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. You get you get both ends of the spectrum. You get the people who have obviously people who think it's incredible and wait for it to come around and really happy to be here, and then you get the people who are angry that it exists and um, confused and very confrontational. And I think a lot of that anger, confusion, disgust, or whatever you want to be, comes from a place of unedu- being uneducated um, and also maybe privileged and not aware, mm, yeah. um, which I'm going to put my hands up, even saying this on a podcast can be very triggering for people that listen to it, that their sport, and Leighton, you said this to yourself, like as a straight white able-bodied male you've not had to face any of the barriers or maybe prejudices in the sport yeah and um i think when people realize that they get their own reaction or guilt comes out and they lash out online in some example and yeah we've had it but it's all it's all part of the process yeah yeah i mean yeah like yeah it's just it's just a we because pete and me me and pete we don't we don't think in that way at all like when we were talking to a vet and she's had you know um like her kind of um trolling as well when when uh she was doing um the things for the for the uh for the black community and stuff and we we just don't understand it at all we um we just see surfer in the water and we really hope surfers listen to this if they do feel that way inclined at all that they might take a second look and and realize that everybody's just there for the same thing and that's to get that surf and stoke and that's all that matters when you're in the water isn't it yeah i think it comes from the very it comes from the you know the archaic view of surfing of being territorial and elitist like i think so it's funny because surfing considers itself this like cool hippie thing that came out of a movement but it's has an unwillingness to change like we don't want to invite more people to where our local breakers we don't want to generally like crowd <laughs> on one isn't it that because yeah. what you're saying there is very true because if you've got a if you've got a nice local break i don't think it would matter if you're gay or straight or whatever if you've got a nice local break you don't want anyone there do you, exactly really? yeah exactly but and this is a big part of the queer surf club and our purpose is grounded well this is our purpose in a statement it's to create inclusive surfing to save our oceans first like at the end of the day the club is grounded in environmental causes that we know that the more people we can get into the sea, the more people that will care about it, the more people that will look after it in the future. Like it's not, if we really want to save the ocean and look after this natural resource, we have to get more people in it to understand it and love it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's all our, our playground, isn't it? And yeah, like you said, we, we want to look after that. Definitely. Yeah. So um, do you have anything, in store for the uh, queer surf club in the future do you ever got any um plans cooking away yes um can you tell us (laughs) (laughs) the community the online community i'm really hoping that it goes live well let's say end of february that's that's the goal and some people working on that as well as the the queer surf map that will probably happen in the summer but the one thing i'm really excited about is we want to create local paddle outs and meetups um so Fingers crossed we're going to, we can able to do something in June down in Cornwall um, to get the local LGBTQ people and community together. We really just want to create an alternative calendar for people to be able to meet up and make friends and go surfing. Yeah. If you if you have so if you've got an event down in June, we'll come down to that. Yeah, yeah we'll be that. happy happy to come along. Yeah. 
Yeah, and again, everyone, everyone's welcome. and Everyone and everyone's welcome. Yeah, so what about you then? You're surfing. What's your favourite surf spot? Uh, it has to be Saunton Sands. Yay, uh, it's a Saunton, brother. <laughs> yeah, I just, I've, I've been lucky enough to surf in a lot of places across the world in my short and inexperienced time of doing it. But there's something about Saunton that I just absolutely love. Like, on a good day, you can get some like nice thick walls, it's chilled, the scenery is beautiful. Um, I just love it there. I love it. So do you do you live by a surf break at the moment then, or are you inland? I live in central London. Oh, <laughs> I live in central London, nowhere near the sea, which I which is also another, I think, uh, catalyst for the Queer Surf Club because, you know, a lot of marginalised and underrepresented groups and live in urbanised areas. Like I moved to London. A big part of why I moved, I grew up on a farm and I moved to London because I was like, if I want to meet other gay people and like have a partner when I'm older, I'm not going to meet this person on, on the farm where I live. So I moved here and a big part, again, of the quiz of in the future is like, how can we take people from the city to your favourite local break? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we've uh, we've interviewed a few people now um, that have said kind of the same thing. Um, they, they don't live by a surf break, but they are still surfers. So that they do something for the surf community in some way, whether it's uh, a magazine or an online kind of portal where you can go and it will give you information about mm. surf community. It's to keep your, your kind of toe in the water, if you like, isn't it? And that's part yeah. of the reason why we've started this podcast as well, because we're, we're about an hour and a half away from Saunton and oh. about about 30 minutes from the way, Bristol Wave. Obviously, that's shut down at the moment. So we we do the podcast. And like Pete said many a times, if we were living by a surf break, there probably wouldn't be a podcast that we would do. You know, be out surfing all the time. Yeah. So it's yeah. good that surfers think like that. You know, you're creating something for the surf community yeah. because you need to stay in the surf community yourself. I quite yeah. like that that thought of that. I feel connected to it, even though I live in central London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what cool. what do you ride then? I'm assuming if you go to Saunton, that you it's a longboard. Yeah, I'm long. This is so I'm six, I'm also six foot four and like a hundred kilos. So. I don't really have much of an option. <laughs> no, 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 that's exactly pretty much the same stats as me. That is. <laughs> I mean, when yeah. Not talking in kilos. I ain't got a clue what you're talking about. Well, we, we, we're kilos. I can tell you what kilos you were because that? we did it for our um, our uh, surfboards. No, two hundred and ten pounds or whatever it was. Oh, was it pounds? Was it all right? Yeah, hundred kilos is like fifteen stone. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. So yeah, fifteen hundred kilos. Fifteen point seven. Yeah. Six, yeah, nearly sixteen stone. Yeah, so I'm probably like 200 kilos now then after Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a longboard. I just, I, and also, like, I just want to, I just want to chill surf. I don't get to surf that often, so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be on like a shortboard, like absolutely bashing myself trying to get out to a wave. I just want to, I just want to catch a few waves, have a good time, and chill. So when when you come when you head down to Saunton, then is it like a, like a quick day trip, or or do you uh, stay always, down there? I always Quick try and stay from London. Well, you know, you can if you gun it. You can, <laughs> I have known people to do that. I always try and make a good weekend out of it. Uh, but other than, other than Saunton, my so my parents. I went to my parents. They both kite surf a lot in South Africa, in oh, nice. a place called uh, Bloberg. It's called Dolphin Beach where they stay. Um, and my second favorite break is is in South Africa, Musenberg, uh, just outside Cape Town. It's just awesome. 
it's just so cool having the balance of a local surf break to then like one of the coolest cities in the world to then a vineyard. It's yeah, it's awesome. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So yeah. I suppose you, now the wave is open as well. That's a little bit closer to you, you know, at the end of the M5. I've, M4, yeah. Sorry. And I'm yet, I've, so I've been there and I've, I've walked around it, but I've yet to surf in it. I can't wait. I'm a bit intimidated. I'm not going to lie. I tell you what, one piece of advice, if you're going at this time of year, wear two wetsuits. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because um, it's like still water it's it was so like when we went last time we went there before lockdown again it was i think the water was 4.5 or 5 degrees yeah, 5 Ooh. degrees i think it was yeah which is colder than the sea you know it yeah, was yeah. bloody freezing my feet are still ridiculously numb from it <laughs> pete's feet is still cold yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's really... definitely an incredible place uh def, def, oh, well, i can't recommend it enough it's really good yeah and it's and it, the wave is something also, when I think about the Queer Surf Club, like that's a great introduction for a lot of beginner surfers and, and people who are from an urbanized area. Like how another barrier to surfing is gentrification of coastal areas. You know, the, to live there, it's so expensive generally uh, in certain parts of the globe, especially. So things like the wave and projects like the wave, like you're going to get more beginner surfers and uh, different types of surfers who start there so it's so cool yeah yeah especially with the wave you know that's something you could look at and they hold events and everything you could do so much with a place like that as well and you know it's not like we were due to go to a um surf comp last october and it was cancelled at the last minute because the waves were going to be crap you know so at least if you're holding something at somewhere like the wave you're guaranteed to be able to put it and also, I, I've seen on social media why, why we're in this, what's it now, lockdown three or whatever it is, I've lost count. Um, but they are starting to set up their safari tents, aren't they? So they're actually holding, mm. uh, you can go and you can stay there. So well, that'd be great if you, you organise yeah. something for, for the Queer Surf Club as like a, like a weekend getaway. Okay, if the wave, if you're listening to this, slide into my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick Hainsfield is, is a lovely guy. We Someone from the wave listens to us because uh, they said, didn't they? They have it. Uh, they had it on in the office or something. So uh, yeah. that's nice. It's uh, Nick Hainsfield is a lovely guy, um, and and so yeah, I'm I'm sure he'd be more than happy. And uh, awesome. Yeah. And we're only thirty minutes away, so we can get Kevin as well. Yes, <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. Um, so uh, embarrassing or kooky stories? Um, do you have any oh. from from your surfing trips? Oh God. I mean, I think going to a country and realizing you're illegal is pretty up there. <laughs> That's like <laughs> the kookiest, surely. Yeah. You've, um, you've won that competition. <laughs> and actually, being in Morocco, have you have either of you ever surfed in Morocco? Yes, I have. Um, oh. to, in Tagazout. Yeah, I like, absolutely love the waves. But again, got there, realized I was illegal, and then on my third day, got sick and had the worst shits ever in my life <laughs> and couldn't surf for the rest of the days i was there yeah. so that was a great holiday yeah yeah it, yeah it's a to- totally different culture isn't it uh, yeah. actually and T- tagazoo is more kind of europeanized isn't it if that's yeah, a yeah. word um so I, I went for like a like a bit of a backpacking trip around, around morocco um, and Tagazoot was the closest thing that felt like home for the whole time we were there. Yeah. And I know that's not why you go to another country, but, um, you know, it did feel like a bit safer there, if you like. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's such a beautiful place. So, and like you said, waves yeah. are incredible. Waves are incredible, but I got super sick. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure at one point I shat in my wetsuit. I was. Like, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> we we um, the first competition we did, we uh, asked for people's surf stories, and we had a story come in from a guy, and um, we were umming and ahhing about. Um, reading it out anyway and it was about a guy who nearly shit in his wetsuit and he, he went in a bag in the car park and then they forgot he put it under the car drove off and some bloke come running after him with this bag full no, of shit no <laughs> no oh god so bad <laughs> oh dear so yeah what if you if you were to pick pick one spot then where you could surf for the rest of your life where would that spot be Saunton 100% Wow, yeah. that was the quickest response we've had. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, honestly, yeah, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, I don't know what it is. I feel I can, I can, uh, I can understand that. We've had some great sessions there. Um, yeah. The, la- last year, in the summer, we had some lovely evening sunset sessions there, and it oh. just, I don't know, it, it, like the crowds thin out a little bit. And um, everything just slows down, and it's, it's like you said, the scenery around there is absolutely stunning, and there's just nowhere else would want to be when that was, when that happens. I'm that guy that's on Magic Seaweed every day, checking the webcam at Saunton. That's yeah. me every day. But, li- but living in London and knowing you can't get there, yeah. it's painful, isn't it? I might even do it now. <laughs> Absolute torture, isn't it? Yeah. Um, how how can our like how can our listeners um, get involved with the uh, Queer Surf Club then, and how can yeah. people help out? Best thing to do is follow us on Instagram at Queer Surf Club. Um, you can also drop me an email, Fraser at the Queer Surf Club, if you want to chat or you have any questions or um, yeah, you want to work together in any capacity. But um, until we get our charitable um, donations signed off, we are. You'll find us online there on uh, on our social media page, and sooner or later we'll be able to start raising funds and giving out resources to other queer surf clubs across the world. So like that's, you know, a big part of it. If we have money, time and resource, we can equip other local queer surf clubs or surf clubs who are helping in create more inclusive surfing in any capacity with equipment and um, with resources. Well, that's amazing that, that, you know, just from, from starting this uh, like, like last year that it's now coming you know evolved into that where you can actually start to look at help helping other yeah. other people in the community around the world yeah thank you yeah who's um so on that note who's been your biggest inspirations and who's influenced you the most throughout Ooh. um you know what pete that is a really <laughs> that's a great that's question a difficult one. <laughs> and something i've always struggled with because a big part of i think my identity crisis growing up as a young like queer sportsman is I didn't really have anyone to look up to um and finding it's actually been like the powerful women in in my life particularly in the surfing world finding people like textured waves um those ladies from Los Angeles and um there's also there's an incredible outdoor drag queen called Patagonia, a chap called Wynn started that movement. <laughs> what a name. Oh my God, no, seriously, check out Patagonia. And it's not really until like recently, at least in the past three years, that I've found people that I really look up to and help inspire this movement. Um, so yeah. 
I suppose that's that's another thing, you know, like when you actually get down to it and start speaking about it and you get rid of everything, there's so many layers. Like that question, like, you know, who's who's been your influences, who's inspired you? And for that to be an answer of there wasn't anyone out there to inspire me when I was younger as a as a gay sportsman. Yeah. Is I don't know, it's quite um I don't know what the word is there. Like, not uh, well. It's, it's a bit upsetting, I suppose, that you know you'd have to go through something like that on your own because there's no one that you can look up to and you know look to mm. be like, oh, I want to be like that person because mm. you just can't identify with it. And that's something that that's you know that's another thing that I've like me and Leighton have never had to think about. Well, um, if um, if the queer surf club keeps going on the way that it is, then you know, generation time, there might be somebody saying that about you, that you're Aww. you're the one that they look up to, which would be kind of incredible. And it, you, you are Thanks. in Surf Magazine now, so... <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Leighton. Thanks, Pete. And um, I'm also really, uh, I'm really aware that as a gay white male, like I am, when you think of the LGBT community, I've also benefited the most out of the movements and get represented the most. And it's really, you know, our trans community, our... Uh, are queer people of colour, black queer folks who even still are more suppressed than people who look like me in the community. So it's a big driving force is to create more role models for particularly those communities and people of intersectionality. So yeah, well, if there's if there's anything we can do in the future, then just let us know. I know we follow you on Instagram, and um, when you post. Uh, like the events when we eventually get out of lockdown because the end is in sight um, then we we will definitely attend no and honestly both of you having me on here and the quiz I've got on here and creating space for that and being an ally is the best thing you can do so thank you so much no problem at all no problem so what about um, so tell people out there then how they can get involved how they can become allies how they can support you what's the best way for them to go and do that now First thing is um, follow the Queer Surf Club on Instagram. And the second thing, if you're straight, go Google LGBTQ and what it means. Like, Look at the terms, look at questions that you should ask and you shouldn't ask, educate yourself. Um, and if you are a surfer, which I assume you are, lend your wetsuit and board to someone who's brand new and get them in the ocean. Oh, well, that's a good message. That's definitely good. And thanks for that, Fraser. What a cool guy. Yeah, really nice chap. That thing he said about Morocco, though, I cannot get over that. That's just... Yeah, it's a different culture, isn't it? So I'm sure things will change in the future. And this is why Fraser is here, really, isn't it? To help help facilitate that change of what he's doing. Um, you know, it's like we said, we are, we're from the, from the majority. Most of the surfers that listen to this will be the majority as well. So hopefully they might change their way of thinking yeah I, I get the feeling you know it's not everyone out there that is that that way inclined to show animosity to other people but it's it's something that he said is still out there and he still hears things said when people are out in the waves and stuff so you know ho- you know hopefully just some people listening to this will think twice about things they say when they're out there but it's, it's good to speak to people like this. Like when we spoke to Yvette, who's, um, you know, doing doing stuff for, for women. And so she's dealing with like the gender side of it. And she's also dealing with like the race side of it as well, because she's um, uh, like a lady of colour. Um, and, you know, and then you have Fraser who's dealing with sexuality. And you need all these people to get the conversation going because 
like we said in that podcast, you know, we're we're all in surfing for the same thing, and it's to get that that vibe and the stoke from riding, you know, the waves that nature has given us. And so, why why everybody is kind of, uh, or why certain people are showing animosity towards people from different backgrounds and different walks of life? So I just I just don't understand. So you know, we want surfing to be unifying, don't we, and uniting, and you know, there's no room for that kind of negativity in it yeah it's definitely you know you're all you're all chasing that same feeling that feeling you get on the wave that feeling that we always try and describe and try and get people to describe what that feeling is and it's that feeling that everyone i I believe that everyone should experience that feeling yeah definitely definitely and yeah so hopefully people listening to this will not only you know take a look again when they're out in the water and they might they might come across someone from a different walk of life but also they might actually actively do something like like Fraser said you know like get involved and actually help the community a bit uh, and that's what we're going to try and do aren't we you know we start following on Instagram we're going to go to events when we eventually can again uh, and yeah just kind of unite everybody yeah, it'd be quite nice when we leave the house again, won't it? Yeah, I know. I, know, I must admit, start, starting to struggle now, starting to struggle. Need, need to be out in the water. Well, if it wasn't for this podcast, I think I'd just be wandering around in a fit of depression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, you know, we're kind of lucky because, you know, we've, we've still got jobs and there's people out there really, really struggling at the moment. So, you know, hopefully listening to us, talk crap is is helping you but also you know listen to the interesting people we have on it gives you something to think about something to research um yeah and and something to look forward to as well yeah kind of feels like 1984 though doesn't it you know the book yeah yeah i know what you mean you can go to work but you can't have any fun yeah i know so but you know my my partner works in the nhs and it, it is a real thing and you know we are trying to everybody's trying to be safe aren't they so yeah no i know i know it's it's really it's one of those things that it's really hard to not have a have a downer on it sometimes because you know it's been so bloody long it's been so long but look at look at the good things that have come out of it so the pocket this podcast come out of it you know fraser's club has come out of lockdown you know people might not have had the time or even the thought so you're looking at it in a positive way then and there's so many other startups and podcasts and like businesses that have started up through this lockdown where people have had time to do them. You know, you have got to look at things in that way, that positive way. And, you know, you, I personally, I know other people out there will find it the same personally. I found myself in this lockdown slipping a bit and being like, oh my God, when will this other end? But, you know, you've got to try and stay positive. And we've had messages of people, like we had one the other day saying, you know found your podcast in this lockdown thank you very much you really don't know how much it's helped me through it Mm. Uh, well and and equally i feel the same that we i feel like the podcast has also helped us through lockdown yeah Yeah. just just chatting to like inspiring people like like fraser yeah we started to go a bit deep and dark then. <laughs> no, what, <laughs> what, happened, what happened to Goof and Around? <laughs> I don't know. It's serious then. I don't know what that's about. And you're Take back in the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, whoa. 
on that uh, on that note <laughs> we'll uh, we'll sign off yeah don't forget to head over to Northcore and use that code SSUK15 and that will get you 15% off anything you order from Northcore yeah and remember to follow us on Instagram at the UK Surf Show and like and subscribe on YouTube and remember to leave a comment on iTunes it all really helps yeah so I think that's it for today isn't it yes thanks for listening yes thank you very much goodbye cheers <laughs>